Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to episode 11 of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and we have a great show for you today with my good friend, Rob Taub, a really, really big Islanders Twitter guy, Isles blogger. Um, he does a little bit of everything for the New York Islanders, and he's a good friend of mine, so it was fun to you know, hear his sadness and hear his reaction to the Game 7 loss. Although I do feel bad for Islanders fans because I know as a Ranger fan, we've been there before. But then again, it's great to see Islander fans be miserable just like we had to be five years ago when we lost Tampa in Game 7. So we've got that. We've got a lot more. So let's get into it. From the very first five minutes of Game 7 between the Islanders and Lightning, it just seemed like Tampa was going to come out and win that game. There, there was no part of that game where I thought the Islanders had it or they were going to come back or they were going to get one. Um, you know, they had a couple of shifts where they had some good offensive zone possessions, but I don't know, just right from the beginning of the game, especially after Victor Hedman got that breakaway chance. Like, when the hell ever in his career has Victor Hedman gotten a breakaway? I thought it was Tampa all the way, but... I did tweet out on Friday that the best bet was no score in the first 10 minutes, and I cashed in on that one, so I was very pumped about that. Um, I do want to get my prediction for the Stanley Cup final. It's so hard to bet against Tampa. I mean, this team has just been there before. They've experienced everything. They just beat a very good New York Islanders team, and, and Montreal did beat a very good Vegas team, but I don't know if Montreal matches up that well against Tampa Bay. I mean, Montreal has surprised everyone in every round of the playoffs. I bet against them in every series. So, you know, who am I to say that? But the only difference maker in this series, I think right now is Carey Price. And Carey Price can single-handedly win the Stanley Cup for Montreal if he stands on his head. I, I think they're very good defensively. I don't think their offense is that capable of, you know, outscoring Tampa Bay. But once again, crazy things have happened in this playoff run. And you know, I could see Montreal winning in seven. I could see Tampa winning in five. I, I don't really have a, a, you know, a real confident prediction, but I'm going to say Tampa Bay in six just because of, you know, everything I've seen from Tampa in this playoff run. And um, I haven't really watched Montreal that closely just because the North Division I thought was so boring up until this past series with Vegas because I hate watching hockey with no fans. It makes such a big difference even when you're watching it on TV with the fans in the background. So hopefully – Canada can open up a little bit and, and the Bell Center can have a lot of Montreal fans because it really is frustrating watching, you know, 10,000 Montreal Canadiens fans outside of the building and they're not letting them inside. Like, what is the difference between having them all outside jam packed together or having them inside the building? It makes more sense to have them in the building, make some money. You know, you don't you don't lose so much revenue from not having fans in the building. So, um, you know, hopefully there's an announcement made this week that the Bell Center will be allowing fans because 
you know, that'll make it the best possible scenario for the NHL is if Montreal, which usually is probably one of the top five craziest buildings to play in in the NHL at, at the Bell Center because the Montreal fans are very passionate and very, very nuts. Montreal is an awesome city. I've never, I've never actually been, but I've only heard incredible things about it. And I know players love playing in that building. I know players are very intimidated playing in that building. So hopefully we get the best possible fan situation for the Stanley Cup final. I'm going with Tampa Bay in six. I'm sure I'll be wrong because I've been wrong. I think on every prediction that I've made in this playoffs. So don't put your money on that. But, um, you know, I will be betting game to game on this series. I'm going to take I'm actually going to take Montreal in game one just because I think Tampa Bay might be a little gas from going seven games with the Islanders. Montreal is coming off a little bit of rest. They're very confident right now with beating probably, you know, if not the best team in the playoffs, which was Vegas. But so that's my bet tonight. I'm going to take Montreal money line. If you want to ride with me, tweet at me. Let me know. I love when people take my bets and they win and they text me that, you know, thanks for the lock or whatever. So I um, would love for people to ride that bet with me tonight. But before I get into the interview, I do want to take a quick second to talk about our sponsor, Blue York. For those of you who don't know who they are, they're a fan-made brand who make custom designs, content, and apparel for the blue shirt. You may have seen one of their posts on Friday night with the Islanders logo with the golf club in it instead of the hockey stick. That was pretty funny, trolling the Islanders, which Ranger fans love to do. But check them out, I am Blue York on social, and use code Johnny to get 15% off of their website, IamBlueYork.com. That's I-A-M-B-L-U-E-Y-O-R-K.com. Use code Johnny, J-O-N-M-Y, for 15% off of everything on their website. they got some amazing merch that I've been rocking this summer, and hopefully I'll be rocking some more during the season. But I do want to get into this interview with Rob, so I'm going to send it over to him now. Enjoy. I am very excited to be joined by the king of Islanders Twitter, my dear friend, who I have actually now been able to meet in person a couple times at the Coliseum, but I'm allowing him to come on here and vent for a little bit. So without further ado, Rob Taub, Rob, what's going on, bro? How you holding up? I'm I'm doing all right. It's been a it's been a tough couple of days. Uh, <laughs> I'm still in mourning, but you know I, I'm starting to little by little starting to get over what uh, what what unfolded, and you know we'll just see where things go in the next uh, few weeks, and just go from there. I can still see the tears on your face. You know, recovering from the game seven loss. But hey, but before you chime, I'm gonna say, man, five years ago I was sitting in the exact same shoes that you were sitting in. The Rangers got shut out to Tampa in Game Seven of the Conference Final, and you know when you're when you're a big fan like that, it just it just ruins the next couple of weeks, and you can't even like are you are you gonna watch the finals or no? Like it's just so I, hard. You to... know, I will watch the finals because it's still hockey and it's the yeah. last hockey of the year, and this has just been such a crazy, unprecedented type of year. And you know, I watched the finals last year just to see what would happen when Tampa played Dallas, and I remember looking watching Game One. I'm like, the Islanders should have been there right now. Mm -hmm. And they probably could have beat they probably could have beat the stars and probably watching that series tomorrow. I'm going to say the same thing. So I'm going to watch the series. I don't want to make a prediction because I'm not a prediction guy. I mm -hmm. really just hope for a really good series. I do think Tampa is going to win again, but I won't say in how many games. I'm hoping it goes seven because that's just that's just what I want, because I don't want hockey to end. Who, no one ever wants hockey to end. And I, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the game and I just love I love the sport and I want to see it you know, go till the maximum it can go to. So let's rewind back to Friday night. Where were you? Where did you watch game seven? Take us through. I want the emotion of each period because, man, there was like, I mean, right from the puck drop, it seemed like the Islanders just got outplayed the entire game. You know what? I told people that were texting me during the day because I was doing, I was at this uh, possible job that I was at and I wasn't trying to pay attention to all day until I got on the train back to go home. And I said, don't, 
I said, I am not thinking about this game until I get off the train at ball at the Baldwin station. And I'm like, then I started to get into the mode. I'm like, you know what? It's game seven. This is, this is really special. And, but I was like, you know, I wasn't trying to get too excited, too hyped up. I was trying to stay even keel because the same way I felt for game six. I'm like, I understand it could have been the last game at the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. And obviously it was, but I was like, you know, like, we'll see what happens. Things, strange things happen. Strange things happen in game six. They ended up winning. And then game seven, I was just like, what, as the game started, I was like, you know what? They're not playing that great, but they're still in it. They're still in it. First period, Barley Barlamov was, you know, was bailing them out, doing his thing. The team wasn't playing as bad as I thought they were. And then come the second period, I was like, all right, you get out of the first period. It's tight. It's a, it's still a scoreless game. It's anyone's hockey game. And then they get that power play. And I'm like, all right, this is their chance. This is really their chance to find, like, to not put a dagger, but blow the, take the wind out of Tampa's sails and mm -hmm. score a goal, get the momentum, quiet down the crowd, even though, Barry Trot said the crowd wasn't that loud going into the, before the, the shorthanded goal. And he was right. It didn't seem like it was that loud, even with the noise clappers that they about, which I thought was ridiculous. That was so <laughs> stupid, but you know, they do their thing down there. So when that I'm watching that power play and then I see, I watched that shorthanded goal unfold and I'm like, it's not that I could see it coming, but I was like, this is bad. This is really, really bad because they were just starting to get their game going. They got a few shots. They had a few chances. And I thought, all right, this is where the game is starting to turn, just like it was in game six, where the game is starting to turn. And then once that shorthanded goal, I was like, all right, this is going to be a very bad, bad situation, uphill battle. And they just they can never just get that one bounce. And for me, that's where the series came down to was Tampa got all the bounces. I'm talking about every single one you could think of off of skates, off uh, some of the plays that probably should have been illegal, some of the. Uh, especially in game two, that second goal when there were seven guys on the ice, mm -hmm. but they just had all the bounces. The Islanders couldn't find one. And I, I, I think they just ran out of gas and uh, watching that third period, it was like a slow death. And it's sad that it was that way because last year watching game six, they were in it and they like, it didn't seem like they were ever out of the game, even though they were getting outshot and technically outplayed, but in the third period, they really started to come on and you thought they were going to force game seven. This time around, it was like Tampa was just shutting down every single thing that they can that the Islanders threw at them. Twenty-one block shots—that's really impressive. Mm -hmm. But that's where it comes into the—that's where it comes to the point that the Islanders just ran out of gas. They had nothing left to give, and it was—it sucked. It was hard to watch. It was hard to comprehend. After I was sitting at the end of my girlfriend's bed, just with my head down like this. And watching that post game and watching guys like cry at the literally on, beyond the verge of tears, I almost did the same. But I was just like, you know what? They got this far. They they just didn't have it, and that's basically how it just how things ended and where we that's where we are now. So let me ask you this: Is this season in your mind a disappointment, or are you happy with the way you know? If, if I asked, if I told you in January when the season started that the Islanders are going to lose in game seven of the conference finals. Would you be like happy with that? I would be happy with it because they, the, the, the journey that they took to get there, they were the underdog in every single series. They were down in every single series. They fought back in every single series. So I was, I'm very happy with what happened. Look, of course it's disappointing because they like, they had a chance to win a Stanley cup. This mm -hmm. was really this. And everyone wants to talk about, changes that are coming and this maybe their window is closing their window is not closing i'm sorry it's even just somebody, opening it is just opening because 
I watched uh, someone put out a thing, put, someone put out a tweet that what Tampa had to go through to get to the Stanley Cup final, they, the Islanders are on the exact same track, losing the conference finals twice, then, lose, then get smacked by Columbus, and then come back guns a-blazing. But I think where it's disappointing is that it's game set. It was game seven and they didn't bring out, they, yeah, they left it all out there, but they didn't bring their best game. And I know they could have, because I saw it all, po- all postseason long when they, when they had a chance to, to shut a team out, to shut them down and to close it out a series or to even get back in the series. That's when they played at their best. And that's where it's disappointing the most. It was a great season. A lot of memories. The playoff run was great, but I will take from the fact that that game seven, as much as they left it, they did leave it all out there. They didn't play. They got so bottled up in what ha- uh, they got so bottled up by their opponent that they just never got to what made them successful. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I'm going to give you a trigger warning here. A good friend of the podcast, Avery Zaretsky, posted oh, a very controversial video outside Nassau Coliseum Friday night after the Islanders lost, saying that this building is now closed forever. So how does it feel that Avery, a good friend of mine, good friend of this podcast, now owns real estate in your head and the rest of the Islander fans' heads? You know, when I saw that, video, <laughs> I didn't actually see that video till Saturday morning because, you know, I had a hard time sleeping after uh-huh. the game was over. I, somehow I actually did sleep. I can't believe that actually happened. I saw that video and I'm like, oh, like to do that. I, look, he was at, I understand he was at Borelli's uh-huh. that night to, to help, you know, with the stream and everything. But I was like, dude, uh, and I, he just started following me like a few weeks ago. Like, mm-hmm. to, seems like a very cool, cool dude. Hasn't like really bitched at me yet. I haven't bitched at him yet. Uh-huh. But like, I was thinking to myself, I, I could see why he's rubbing it in, but I was like, oh, don't like, they just got to the conference finals. Like, just let people be, don't, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And look, that just shows you how deep and how, I mean, how deep seated this rivalry still is around here between Islanders and Ranger fans that Islander, Islander fans hate the Rangers. Most of them do, a majority do. I will not say that I do because I was there in 2015 no 2016 when they lost to the penguins and i saw uh like what the playoffs were like in the garden i was there in the locker room i saw what the players were like after the games how distraught they were so i've been in locker rooms to where the point where you know i could i can relate to these guys now when they're feeling what they're feeling but like it just shows the deep hatred that's still that's still in this rivalry and it's coming back Mm -hmm. i think you know i I don't want to get up on a tangent but gerard gallant i thought was a terrific hire I expected, I almost expected him to be the guy and he's going to be the guy. I think he's going to be a terrific guy, a terrific hire. I think that he's going to get the most out of the, out of the Rangers because it's not that I don't think David Quinn did. I think that you have a coach like that who's been to the Stanley cup final now and he's built and he's been a part of winning teams. He's going to bring something special to the Rangers it's now the it's just like he's got to put the right pieces in place, just like with general manager Chris Jury. But I'm like that that video just got like I was like, uh, it made me cringe because I made a lot of people cringe. Yeah, but I yeah. was like, I can see why he did it, because it, it just shows that the rivalry is as strong as it's ever been. If Avery was sitting where I am right now on this stream, what would you tell him? So smart, smart <laughs> decision to do the video uh-huh. like that's going to that's going to create buzz. But like asshole <laughs> i love like, that i love that like, total, total dick total dick move but and look i for me growing up 
because I hated the Rangers back then when they were playing in the, in the finals and they were playing in those conference finals. Of course I was rooting for the lightning. Of course I was rooting for the Kings. Of course I was rooting for the devils. Cause it was so I was grow I was bred up to hate the Rangers. Mm-hmm. It was like my brother hates them. My dad hates them. My mom hates them. I was born into it. And when you're born into it, it's so hard to get rid of that stigma. And like I said, once you're in a locker room and you see like you have to be professional and you kind of understand more what these guys go through on a daily basis to get to the like the grind it takes. It's like, you know, I understand more of why like why play like why fans are the way they are sometimes and how passionate they are Mm -hmm. but as a reporter or as a analyst it's like all right like i could see why like i could be upset like i see why they're upset i'm not going to rub it in i don't need to do that but you know i have a better understanding of what like what they're thinking and i saw it on the islanders players faces after the game and today like you think this like they didn't want to be there they don't want to be talking to the media after the most devastating losses loss of their hockey careers but they have to because that's just how things go and you know the media is the way it is and we have and they have to do what they have to do and that's just how the that's just how it roll how it plays out but yeah yeah avery's an asshole for that one (laughs) i'm sure he's gonna listen to this and and he'll appreciate he'll appreciate you saying that i think though i think he he knew he He seems like a good dude He's, he's a huge ranger fan i i gotta give him full credit he's like he's not the kind where I, I've never like I followed him for a while and mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like bash strangers. He's more I wouldn't call him a homer, but he seems like more of the more positive kind, like uh almost like Ryan Mead, like almost mm-hmm. is a little bit, and that's good because there's a lot of negative people when it comes to both fan bases. I like you probably see it on my time, you probably see it from me all the time. I'm dealing Always. with assholes yeah. left and right, the Josh Bailey guy, the 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 people who want to call out every single thing that I tweet, but it's like okay, there's going to be assholes in, in both fan bases, but there's other people who are just plain passionate. And that's, what's great. That's, what's great about the fan base, about the fan bases. That's, what's great about the rivalries. People are so passionate about both teams and want to defend them till the very, till they're, you know, till they're blue in the face. Mm-hmm. And that I find that to, that's, comm- that's commendable that people do that. And I get, give it, I got to give credit to Avery for doing that. Yeah. And the thing that sucks, but that's going to be really exciting now, like looking, you know, into the future a little bit is that I've said it on this podcast before when the Rangers were winning, the Islanders sucked. And now the Islanders are winning. The Rangers have sucked the last couple of years. So, you know, with the way the Rangers are re- being rebuilt and have been rebuilding the last three, four years. And now yeah. you bring in Gerard Gallant and you have a lot of this young talent like Lafreniere, Kako, Fox, and then you mix in Zibanejad and Panarin and Kreider and all these guys, you know, we're looking at finally, you know, maybe a five, 10 year window where it could be somewhat of what we saw this year with Florida and Tampa. Like that's what this rivalry here's, needs. Here's the problem that I see. And I, I think the Rangers can get there. Uh-huh. And, but this is kind of, this goes back to where the Islanders are a completely different animal than the Rangers are. The Rangers have no toughness, mm-hmm. no toughness whatsoever. And I've been, I think I told you that a few months ago when I was on the podcast that mm-hmm. they need to bring in guys who have grit, I'm not saying you don't need to go out and get a Leo Komarov or what, but they need like a Casey Stazikis. They need like a Wayne Simmons. They need guys like that who are going to bring that extra element that works and that goes with playoff hockey. I, I'm sorry. When I watched them against Carolina in the bubble, they had, they looked like they had no shot because Carolina ran them over physically and beat them down mentally. And in the playoffs, it's a mental grind, but it's not, it's a physical, like Barry Trot said it today that 
emotion. You have to have, it's not just about scoring. It's about being physical. It's about having emotion. It's about being a tough team to play against. The Rangers are not a tough team to play against. And I think that's where bringing in a guy like Gerard Gallant is going to change things, but they're still missing pieces. Yeah. I really think they are. And I think they have it a little bit on the back end with Truba and with Lingren, but definitely See, I, no I, I, fourth line. In yeah, I like Truba, but I'm just like, and I think he, I think he is captain material. I think he's overrated. I really do. I, I that's one guy. I, I thought when they made the trade and they traded Neil Pionk, who was is going to turn out. I think he's going to turn out to be a stud. And if, if he hasn't already, I was like, I know they want a trooper for a long time, and, but I was like, I don't think that trade's going to end up working out for them because Pionk was very. It's still very young. Truba, I know he's still. I don't know exactly what his age is, but I know he's getting closer to 30 or if he is over 30 already, I'm not I sure. I think he's like 27 or 28. Yeah, he's like 27, but it's like, you know, Truba brings that, he brings that little bit of toughness, but they need more. They really, they need someone who's going to go in there and throw, throw the body and throw. Is there someone behind you, by the way? No. It looks, it looks like there's like someone watching TV behind no, you. No, 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 <laughs> no. it's just like a shadow. <laughs> No, so, no, but <laughs> I didn't mean to get off topic, but no, you're good, no, you're good. Like, I think like they need to go out and get some real, like some, they need to go out and get some, like some guys who are pains in the asses, mm -hmm. just like a guy like Leo Kamarov, but he's a pain in the ass to play against. And they, I think the Rangers really need to do that. If they want to take, they want to take the next step because Metro is not getting any easier. I, you know, you have the Islanders, you have the caps, the caps are going to be angry as shit after what they went through again this year. That's now three years of, first round exits for them. Mm -hmm. You have the Penguins who are still the Penguins. And then you got a team like, I think Carolina is probably going to be back in the mix again. I think, I think they're going to go back to, the, but even like, you know, New Jersey is going to get better next year. That's definitely going to happen. And it's just like, they have teams, there are teams that are going to be better next year and they have to figure out a way to beat them. And right now I don't think they can. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think it takes time. Like, you know, I, I wasn't expecting this team to be, a contender this year, next year, even the year I after expected that. the playoffs. I did. Me too. I thought they were going to make the playoffs because they got, they, they ended up getting Lafreniere and I thought he was really going to help, but that whole, their whole season, the way it played out, just, I think it did them in a lot. I think a lot of the extra stuff really did them in. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think the real, the real window to be a contender is like the, you know, 2025 season. I think they still need time to oh, grow really? in. And I, I from now. No, but I also think too, I think in the NHL, it's been, it's shown for so many years that you have to fail in order to succeed. And that's what the Islanders are doing right now too. Like, you know, the, the, the Islanders weren't going to win the Stanley cup last year. That just wasn't going to happen. They hadn't, they hadn't been there. And I know you said they could have beaten Dallas, but, and Dallas too, Dallas hadn't really been there either. Dallas you know? was really, Dallas was banged up. And yeah. that's where I think the Islanders might've had, even though they were without, they would have been without Pelic, Sezikis, mm -hmm. Boy Chuck, and I think uh, no, just those three. Even without those guys, the Islanders had they had that grit lad. They had something special last year. Just like Dallas, Dallas was beat up also. Just uh, I mean, they beat up Colorado in the in their series, the prior series. But Dallas had something going that was special also. But it's like it's but it's those type of like Dallas brought in Corey Perry. He's an asshole. He's a pain in the ass. What do you think? Where do you think he is now? He's back in the Stanley Cup final with the, with the Montreal Canadiens mm -hmm. because of the way he plays. And like, you know, people might not like it, but those are the kind of guys you need if you want to become a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. It's uh, it's not always about the numbers. It's not always about the analytics. And I'm the last one to talk to talk to analytics about because I 
I don't understand them and I never <laughs> will. I'm more from the eye test. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying because, you know, I've been watching the Islanders play and Lou Lamarillo is kind of the same way. And I, and like, he, it's more about the eye test with, with these guys more than analytics, but it's like the proof, the proof is there that you need guys who are tough. What do you think Tampa Bay did? They went out and got Pat Maroon. They went in and got Luke Shen. They went in and got these guys who have, are, aren't like great players, but they're piece, they're the, they're the right pieces and they're the, they're instrumental pieces. If they, if you want to go win a Stanley cup. So what do you think the Islanders are missing for next season? What would you want them to, to do to make any changes? Or do you want to keep things the same? I think they still need a top six score. I'm not one to say that I don't think Oliver Wallstrom can't be that guy. I think he's going to have a much more prominent role next year because I think that someone is going to get someone either. It's going to be the Josh Bailey, Nick Letty or Jordan Everly, who I think is gone as, as sad as it would be to see Bailey gone. Everly, I think is really the, the odd man out next to Letty. But I think that is going to open up the door for Wallstrom to, you know, kind of become a full-time regular. And it's, it's not that he wasn't a full-time regular this year. He played over 30 games out of the fifth of the 56, but you know, Barry still took him out a few times that to put in different, to, to plug in different guys that can't happen next year. This guy need like, they need Wallstrom to be the goal scorer that they drafted him to be. And I think he can be. I, I just think him, if they re-sign Paul Mary, great. I'd like uh, seeing a full season of him. I'd be actually really intrigued. I do think he's going to cost a lot, which mm -hmm. might, uh, the Islands might get priced out, but they need a top six score. And if, whether that comes by it be a trade or free agency, it's going to be tough because they're so up against the cap. There's going to be some really tough decisions that are going to be made over the next few weeks. But I think they're there. And I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got back to the same spot next year. I also wouldn't be surprised if they got kicked out of the first round next year. Mm -hmm. But the way this team is built and the way that the core is just so together and they're so deep and they got pieces in place, they're still just missing one or they're still missing that one last, they're missing their butch scoring. They really are. And people, will, people can compare J.G. Pajot to what Goring brought. But they're still missing. They're still missing that one solidified goal scorer who could score 30, 40, play on Barzell's wing. And I'm hoping that's Oliver Wallstrom. If it's not, they still need to go out and find. They got to go out and find it. If if they could trade for like Patrick Line, and I know like he was the hot topic among Islander fans last offseason because he wanted out of Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. And I could see, I can understand why. He just wasn't happy there. And people were saying, oh, we couldn't play in Barry's and trots a system, this and that. You look at all the guys that the Islands have brought in, the Pajos, the Greens, the Walshrooms, the, the uh, whoever, they've all be, been able to adapt. And I, it's not that I don't think that Patrick Line couldn't adapt, but you bring, you give him a coach like Barry Trotz, he's kind of the same as John Tortorella, but I think Trotz is more of a player's coach. Tortorella, I don't want to say he's not a player's coach. I think he's more of a hard ass. Mm -hmm. Trotz, though, will – give you as much benefit of the doubt until you can't, until you prove him wrong. So I will, if they could trade for a Patrick line, I think that'd be a monster, monster acquisition, but like the names out there, it's tough because the Islanders farm system isn't like stacked like the Rangers is, or like the devils are, 
and there's not much to play with. They already gave away their first round pick for this year. And that's a, it seems like everyone wants a first round pick uh, when it comes to like the expansion draft or the, or the trade deadline or at the draft. So it's what, it's really one thing is keeping them from winning a Stanley cup. And it's having that extra, that bonafide goal score. It's been like that for a long time. It's really, it's been like that since Garth was still here. That's the one thing that was always a black mark against Garth Snow is he never went out and got the true goal scorer that he needed to put this team over the top. And I'm not saying that Lou can't do the same thing because it seems like whoever he brings in seems to fit in because he's won GM of the year two years in a row. So it's going to come down to that. And they just need, they have the pieces. I'd like to see Casey Zizekas back. I think it's, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to want like four and a half, five million. I don't think he's that type of guy. He's, but he's another guy. If they lose him, it's going to hurt. It's really going to hurt, but I think that they can replace him, but it's, there's, they're just those, those pieces and that one extra goal scorer is what's keeping them from lifting that, lifting the cup. Yeah. That was a, a nice little rant there, but uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I do. I do want to wrap. Uh, I do want to wrap it up with one final question though. Sure. What are you going to miss most about Nassau Coliseum and what are you looking forward to most about UBS arena? What I'll miss most about the Coliseum was even during the darkest times. And I was a teenager when those were going on, that place was always an escape from school, work, life. Whenever you walked in there, like you were going, yeah, you were going to watch a hockey team and you were going, but like I was going there. It was a family thing for me. It's always been that way. Me my mom, my dad, my older brother, we've always gone together and it was like, that was our thing. And that was our escape from every single thing that was going on around us. Like the Coliseum was, it was a, it was a dump, but it was a home. It was a true second home to me and so many other people, because whenever you walked in there, you were thinking about one thing. You were thinking about the team, the sport, the, you were thinking about the team. You were thinking about having a good time, even when they were the bad times. It's like that place was meant for to be an escape and like that's what i'll always treasure about it is for 26 years well i mean i started going to games since i was six months old but i won't remember it back then but you know i was there for the sean bates penalty shot i was there for all the playoffs i was there for the dark times and the good times that have happened now i was there for the last season i was in the locker room i see i saw what it was like when those players when they couldn't extend the playoffs and it was just like that place was so special because it meant so much to so many people because that like to us it gave people a chance to for about two or three hours just not think about anything in the world you were thinking about you were there to watch a hockey game to enjoy yourself to get drunk to <laughs> do whatever whatever you wanted to do that's what made it special and that's what i'll miss about it the most is the escape that it, it brought from real life from problem, like whether you're dealing with girlfriend problems, met, like uh, any, anything, anything in your daily life, you walk into that place for a hockey game and it was an, it was an Islander game. Most of the times it was an Islander game. That was like, you know, it's, that's what I'm here. I'm here to just not think about anything else in the world, just about the hockey, just about the team and just about the building and the playoff. I'll, 
this playoff run was the most, I mean, I, I, I'll say it was this, the playoff run will go down as one of the best things I've ever like experienced, not even in my sporting life, but in my life in general, because for night, for, let me, let me count. It was three. It was three in the first round, three in the second round. Three. So for nine, nine games out of 19 games, it was a blast. Even when the, even during the tub, when they were losing, that place was berserk. And it was so much fun to be a part of because we waited so long for these kind of things. I waited so long in my life for them to get this far. And you saw how much that building was a, it was a community meeting place, but it was a home and it was everything to everybody, especially in the playoffs, because that building resonated with so many people. And it was just, it was tough. It's tough to see it go. And I'll miss it. Uh, what I'll, what I'm ha looking forward to the most and the UBS it, I mean, look, everyone's been waiting so long for, for this, for this building. And I was there, I went there, I went there back in March. I almost was at in tears because I never thought it was any, I never thought I'd seen it in my life. And I think I'm just the day that it opens, I'm going to walk in there and I'm just going to be like, this is real. This is actually a real thing. This is their home now. And I'm hoping that we, the, the fans bring the, 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 like the, the noise to the building, because it's going to have a low ceiling. I saw it myself. I just think don't lose that passion. I don't want, you know, I know that there's going to be more suites. There's going to be this, it's got, that's how it is in today's, today's world when it comes to arenas. But I don't, I just want to like, I think we're like, I don't want to see that passion go away. I don't want to see this team become, and I'm not saying it's not like the Rangers. I don't want to see them become corporate. This is, this is a diehard fan. It's a small fan base. It's a diehard fan base and it's a family type of, it's a family community fan base. And I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping for once they move there is that that doesn't go away. Cause if it does go away, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to get it back because it took a long time because of how bad the islands were for that, everything that made up that special ingredient, it was taken away because they were so bad for so long. Now they're, it's a good team. They're a winning team. They're a specialty. It's a special group of guys and people resonate with these guys because it's a long, it's long Island's team. They might want to say they could defend New York. They could do this. They could have their marketing, whatever. This is long Island. This is not New York city. This is not Manhattan. It's not Brooklyn. It's a different breed out here. We like hard, we're hardworking people. That building, it was built on blood, sweat, and tears of Islander fans. And that's why I'm hoping once they move there, that it doesn't go, that that passion does not uh, go away. Well, I'll tell you what, whenever the Rangers are in UBS Arena, I hope I can sit next to you and, and watch the game with you. I will, first game there, you will be, you will be my guest of honor. Sounds good. We'll get pissed drunk and we'll yell at each other the entire night. <laughs> I, haven't got, I haven't gotten drunk in three years, so I kind of. <laughs> so I'll get, I'll get pissed drunk and yell at you and you could. I won't remember what yeah, you just like you just like you were yelling at me while I'm trying to take a family photo with I was I was pretty drunk <laughs> at game six <laughs> like dude like that way go that way See, I'll talk. Yeah, scream, Rob 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 <laughs> and I had people coming up to me before that like oh I follow you on Twitter I'm like uh, great like I'm trying to go do something right now <laughs> you are the but, king uh, man you're the king yeah uh, I, it's, it's been fun it was a fun season I appreciate you coming on the podcast. You're always welcome, obviously, even though we are a Rangers show. But, you know, yeah, it's always, always nice to talk to the rival a little bit.
yeah, it's always fun. You know, once the once the draft happens, once the expansion draft goes out, I'm sure we'll we'll be uh, we'll be on Twitter, we'll be on here. You know, bitching and moaning about maybe someone the Islands gave up, maybe someone the Rangers gave up that we didn't want them to. But it, it's going to be a very interesting summer. A hundred percent, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man, it's good to see you. You too. I want to thank my good friend Rob Tab once again for coming on the show. I hope Islander fans got you know some kind of therapy out of that. Um, I know Islander fans need to vent right now, so I'm happy that Rob was able to come on and vent to me. But um, Ranger fans, I'm sure you enjoyed seeing the Islander fans a little upset and a little miserable because that's what we do as fan bases. We root against each other. I hope anyone who likes a sports bet rides my pick tonight, Montreal Moneyline. And for those of you who do listen and continue to listen each week, I really appreciate you guys listening. And if you ever want to ask any questions, send me an email, believeinrangers at gmail.com, B-L-E-A-V-I-N-R-A-N-G-E-R-S at gmail.com. I love talking to fans and I love answering your guys' questions. So don't don't be shy and, and write in some questions and I'll touch on it next Monday's episode. Hope you guys enjoy the Stanley Cup final. I don't really care who wins. I'm happy to see either team win at this point. It doesn't matter, but... But I do think this will be a great series. Hopefully it goes seven because I don't want hockey to end. I want to continue to watch. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.